You're listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadol. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Zeros on Heroes. My name is Mike Mercadol. Thank you to everyone who's been coming out to Unsung Heroes live at the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, Queens. I almost forgot where we do the show. Long Island City, Queens, everybody. New York City. Uh, 1093 Jackson Avenue. It, it's uh, the Creek in the Cave. They were so nice for letting us do that show every Thursday. All the comedians that hang out there. Uh, we have a bunch of regulars on our show and you hear them every week and everyone is invited. You are invited. If you're in the New York City area, Thursdays at 8 p.m., come to the Creek, have some tacos, have some beer, have some whatever, and uh, come be on Unsung Heroes. Every week is a different theme. If you follow us at Zeros on Heroes or follow me personally at Mike Mercadal. You get all the updates on what the topic of the day is, plus everything else we're doing. And um, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're subscribed to this, you're subscribed to the Unsung Heroes as well. Uh, if you're enjoying either of those shows, give us uh, give us a little review on iTunes. If you're looking down at your phone right now and it is an Apple device, go to the podcast app and look us up and uh, just shoot us a, f- a five stars would be great. Perfect review. And remember, if you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all because it ranks us poorly and it would be great if we could just get uh, some good, some good stuff. Throw us, throw us, throw us a bone. You know, that's, that would be great. Um, and, and look, I'll be honest with you. If you got, if, if you have any personal complaints, message me, I want to know what I can do better. Uh, shoot me a message at, uh, Mike Mercadal at zeros on heroes. I get it all. And, um, if you're enjoying these, um, New York comic con episodes, this is another one of those. I got to, in tying in with the Halloween theme and the spooky nature of everything we're doing, I got to uh, interview uh, the, the cast from Midnight Texas on NBC. If you're not, I was not familiar with the show until I got the opportunity and then I just binged the whole first season. Yo, that was really fun. It was got demons and angels and and vampires and, and a were-tiger and like a, a rifting of war between heaven and hell it's bonkers it was great written by uh the original novels were written by charlene harris who was also there for the uh for the round tables and i got to talk to her as well that's this this first segment talk to charlene harris she wrote true all the the books that true blood was based on and this is another adaptation uh kind of an interesting uh take and like in the batman episode you hear t- uh bruce tim talking about how He's a creator reflecting on his creation. It's interesting Charlene Harris talking about uh, her novels being inspired and then using, being used as a jumping off point going in directions that uh, she never imagined. Guys, this, is, this was a, a really fun a really fun day. I, uh, everyone was super chill. So uh, this first section is with... Uh Well, uh, we're here at New York Comic Con. My name is Mike. I'm from Zeros on Heroes, and uh, we you, are you familiar with the con experience? And and how how interesting has it been for you to see kind of fandoms take hold and become kind of an entity of themselves? Uh, does it inspire you to 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 nerd out about your own things? Is there anything that you kind of would want to see here on the floor or something like that? Well. I'm very familiar uh, with cons. I've been to San Diego several times, always as, you know, a panelist or or signing. And I've been here before, and I've been to Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, So this is not new to me. Uh, But I love the 
the energy and enthusiasm, uh, even if the crowds are a little bit daunting for me. Do you do you suffer from like a, a stage fright when you get up there? Or no, no, not at all. Really? I should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should, but that really doesn't bother me at all. Oh, fantastic! Lucky for me, yeah, yes. Great. Writing for HBO and then writing for a network show, How? what kind of adjustment is that, is, or was there any? Well, uh, I don't write the show. I wrote the books that the shows are made from. So that's um, my responsibility is not the show. Right, yeah. Uh, which gives me a lot of freedom. <laughs> I'm here. I'm good. I don't care. Uh Though I love the, I love this show. There's so much talent, and the screen shows it all. Uh, I think the show looks great, and the talent is great. I'm, I really have enjoyed it. How, how involved are you in the adaptation process? Do you exchange anything with the showrunner, or do you just give them the handle to your characters? Because I, I imagine, like as a mother, it must be hard to just give free reign to others. Well, this is my third rodeo. Yeah. Uh, so, because I had True Blood, I've got the series on Hallmark, and I've got this, uh, and I, I believe I will have more in the future. You get used to it. Uh, you understand that other writers will reinterpret your characters, and they have to expand them for the purposes of the TV show. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually okay with that. My books are still there exactly like they were anytime you want to read them. I think this is another dimension to the same experience. Do you want to know in advance what's going to happen in this season or do you just watch it? As I'm a... along for the ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen the first two episodes. They are action-packed. There's so much happening. And that's that's really exciting. Now, do you, is, there, is there anything in particular that you're excited to see uh, in the second season? Having come back and getting a chance to kind of uh, continue and tell those stories, is there a piece that you were like, oh, man, I hope they get to it. I want, them to, I want to see their interpretation of it. They really zoomed through the books in the first season. Uh -huh. So I don't know if they're going to pick up the pieces that they didn't use. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So it's all entertainment for me. Fantastic. Do you have anything you're working on uh, yourself or in your writings? Sure. Yeah. All the that, time. That, we, that you can tease or tell us about? Uh, well, I have a new book that's out now. I'm at, this is actually part of my book tour. Oh, great. called An Easy Death, and it's quite a departure for me. And I find it extremely exciting to write something so different. How, how, so, how is it different uh, from the... It's an alternate America story with uh, a protagonist who is a very young gunslinger. Oh, okay. And I, I just find that uh, I don't like to do the same thing over and over. I like to uh, entertain myself, and that means changing things up quite a bit. Is that your process? You think you, you, you don't really consider the audience as much? You find something that you want to... You can't consider the audience. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Not, not crazy for the writer to do, but it's crazy making. If you think, how are people going to react to this? Oh, no, maybe I better write it a different way because someone's going to get upset. People always get upset. People always have uh, issues or... Um, They have detractions. Sure, sure. That's a very diplomatic way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, after the end of the uh, Sookie Stackhouse novels, 
I learned a lot. That yeah. was a catastrophic event for me because the end of the books were, was leaked. Oh, um, right. A lot of people took huge issue with the ending without reading the book that led up to it. I don't right. remember having those problems. Uh, now, see, thank you. Thank I, you. I read of all, actually, I, like a bit show, I have been dread. And so I got it all at once. And I, 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 thank you. I, I felt like I was hard dealt with. <laughs> uh, but I and I had to come to terms with how to handle that. I just don't want to do it again. You're sure? Yeah, you can't. You, I just say, you know, if people like it, great. If they don't, they they can feel free to tell someone else that, not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you feel about uh, uh, in terms of novels and 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 reading and just in general that people have gone more to like a digital medium, tablets instead of the physical hard copy of like a a book? Uh, do you are do you have you subscribed to that uh, new technology? I, I have. Um, I carry an iPad when I travel. At home, I like to have the real book. Sure. Uh, I feel like as long as people are reading, I'm good with whatever medium they choose to uh, to do that. What are you reading right now? Is there anything you you that you're enjoying right I now? Just, well, yes. There's always something I'm reading and enjoying. Uh, I just finished uh, the final book in the series by Alona Andrews. Uh, I just reread some really old, very dark vampire books by Nancy Collins. Oh, okay. Starting with Sunglasses at Night. Uh, very, you know, full of broken ribs and punctured lungs. and uh, They're very, they're very um, hard to take. Not the NBC friendly. No. <laughs> no. Or even the HBO. Oh, wow. Um, they're very hardcore. And... But they're also inspired. That's, That's what I look for, the inspiration. Yeah. Ms. Harris, uh, Midnight Texas has angels and demons and psychics and witches. Are you a religious person? Do you have any faith? Does writing I the do. book change you at all? I'm deeply religious, and most people go, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I am. Uh, I'm a devout Episcopalian. I'm a churchgoer. Never miss a Sunday unless I'm on tour. <laughs> um, but that... So I'm operating from a base where I feel that I write for entertainment, not for educational purposes. Uh, if I don't necessarily believe in the creatures I write about, but my goal is I have an agenda, and I like to express that through other means uh, rather than preaching at people because that often doesn't go well. Yeah. It gets too hard hitting the head. Is the book you just teased about going to be a series, or is it a one-off? It's a it's a series. Uh, I've contracted with uh, Simon and Schuster for three books, okay. uh, and I hope to write more if the series keeps on going as well as it has. Do you think you'll ever go back and write more midnight? My publisher hasn't asked me for more of those. I don't really know what to say about that. It's all right. Uh, if you had the opportunity. Yes. Okay. When you start the series, do you have the, the whole the whole series planned out ahead? Or no, I don't because uh, it's more entertaining for me if I just like every day is an adventure, which is like my strength and my weakness. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, when you so it's kind of like a. a 
literary improv? You just kind of go. Yes. That's fascinating. Oh, thank you. I love that. Yeah. That's really good. That's great. Uh, thank you, Charlene Harris. Thank you. Uh, yeah, imagine having your book spoiled for you. your own book spoiled for everyone online. Man, that's got to be a weird reaction. And uh, it's interesting. And also, who knew she was super religious? I did not know Charlene Harris was mega religious with all of her uh, vampire fucking and um, and uh, you know alien demon relationships happening. It's it. Who'd have thunk it? Um, it was super interesting. Thank you, Charlene Harris. And uh, up next, we got a chance to sit with the producers of the show, executive producers and showrunners, Eric Charmello and Nicole Snyder, talking about season two. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? <laughs> Great. Good. Thank you. I'm just going to put this uh, recording device. Uh, yeah. Great. Well, I'm a podcaster. This is my bread and butter, so I have oh, to. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, how's you your con experience us. going so far? You just get here, or were you here? We well, we got to New York on Thursday, but we just got here about a half hour ago, so we haven't really seen anything. We saw Doctor Who exiting as we were entering. Is this kind of your guys' thing that you would want to see stuff on the floor, go to a panel? Is there anything sure. that you nerd out over here? Oh God, I nerd um, out over Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, and I'm behind. It was a little busy this summer, yeah. so I'm a full season behind. There Dark was a huge yeah. 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 Uh-huh. You think? Okay. yeah. Uh so uh for the show, um you're coming back for season two. Yeah. Were there any things uh that you uh weren't able to do in season one that you're gonna that you're really hoping uh, uh or that you were able to accomplish in season two, something to kind of uh uh flesh out or is there anything you're excited about uh in season two? We've really um focused on upping the scares and the sexiness of the show. We, we think we delve deeper into the characters' relationships. Like, everybody paired up at the end of season one, so we start out with honeymoon period, and then we quickly destroy that. Yes. <laughs> and that's been really fun. Yeah. No, it's been fun to do a deep dive into the characters and their relationship. We tell a lot of backstories this year, so we'll learn characters' origin stories, including Mr. Snuggly's. Um <laughs> And to Nicole's point, you know, you, you started on the honeymoon phase with the coupling, but like some of the characters themselves, not all relationships are going to last by the end of the season. So, oh, Or in real life. Well, uh, correct, <laughs> yes. So last season you were a summer show, now you're... The yes, fall show. Promotion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Does it change at all, the, the way you ride or work? It's just scheduling and I mean, it's mostly scheduling, but, you know, we certainly feel the pressure. You know, now that you are a fall show, there's a different standard. Um, but we're embracing it. It's it's going to be Halloween event TV, and it's airing starting October 26th through, I think, two weeks before Christmas. So it's going to be a fun, binge-worthy season where all nine episodes play back-to-back, week after week. So... I think it's good to have the momentum too, to, as Eric said, air it back to back and just have people wanting more and yeah. able to sit down next week and yeah. keep watching. It's great. Because there's a marked difference between a binge watch show versus the, the, the energy you get from a weekly release where mm-hmm. it becomes a water cooler show yes. again. Yes. And that, I, I'm a personal fan of. of like something like uh, Game of Thrones, where you get that weekly time, or, or you know, that. Yes. Do you find it um, when it releases online distribution later on, like where they can go binge watch the whole mm-hmm. show? That it is there. Do you feel not for the show, but for personally? Do you feel like there's a different energy in watching it all at once versus the the week yeah, watching it as it airs? 
You know, it's interesting. A show like Handmaid's Tale, which I just ate up that first season. I waited till it all aired, and then I got Hulu, and then I watched it all. Yeah. The second season, I had to wait each week, and it drove me crazy, but in a good way. I do think it's it's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Was there anything that you guys did in season one that you were questioning how it was going to go over or how it was going to be and then were surprised by the fan reaction or Hmm. I don't think think. anybody anticipated that Snuggly was going to be the breakout star. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Truly. Such a rivalry with Teresa. Yeah. Um, their Twitter war is pretty epic. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that certainly was surprising, you know, yeah. and we wrote him in to more episodes because there sure. was such this crazy, rapid fan base for Snuggly. So they dictated, yes, yes. Because, I mean, quite honestly, Snuggly's a pain in the ass. Like, working with cats is not easy. We mm-hmm. had to recast the cat this year. Oh, no. Um, and he was asking for too, money, yeah. too much money. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's not easy. Agents you know? were real tough, tough to deal with. Uh-huh. Yeah. And already a show where you're heavy on effects and stuns, add a cat to the mix and it's deadly. Yeah, we so, have animals I mean, this season. Yeah. They were, we won't have animals in season three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full, full, digital, full digital cats. That's right. Yeah. Uh, That's right. Is there, uh, coming from the source material that, uh, and being on a network, there's a lot that you can't. Do? Correct. Do you feel how close to that line? Do you, do people have to stop you, or do you edit yourselves? Do you? Oh no, we get stopped all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I will say this: we were just discussing this last night. I'm still in awe that some of the stories we produce this season are so crazy and fun, but crazy that taboo. I Very wondered taboo, if yeah. anyone watched the show. <laughs> they just rubber stamp it. Yeah. 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 But no, we, no. we we did get <laughs> no, no, NBC has been truly so supportive of our vision and the craziness and we just keep trying to push the envelope because I feel like everything's been done, right? right. So how do you make it feel fresh? How do you right. make it feel exciting and weird and scary? And they've just embraced yeah. it and really let us... Well, they were the biggest advocates for yeah. pushing the envelope. Yeah. They mm. wanted it soapier, sexier, more salacious, scarier, more taboo. So it's provocative, They're for sure. They're letting our freak flag That's fly. That's what all <laughs> about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of scares, are there uh, the effects that you're using, and, the, and it is, you say, a Halloween event, uh, yeah. is that something that horror fans can kind of dive into? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think our ghosts are really scary. Yeah. I think they were scary last season. We have vampires. We have were-tigers. We have creepy-ass witches. Yeah, we introduced something called Hexenacht this season, which is German for witch hell. And we'll be we'll be paying a visit to Hexenacht in season two. Is there so your panel is going to be later? Uh, yes, and you're going to be are you going to be showing any? Is there anything that you're excited we're to show sh- us? We're showing the first episode. The whole first episode. The whole yes, first episode. Yeah. Fantastic. Which is really great. Yeah. We were talking to Miss Harris before. She said she gives you free reign to do whatever you want. Yeah. Does it is it freeing? Is it more pressure to, to honor her material? I think it's both, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. liberating on the one hand, but you know, she's entrusted us to her baby, you know, and when your baby's sitting someone else's kid, God forbid something happens to it. So I mean we want to do right by her, we want to do right by Monica. Um, but yeah, it's both. It's scary and liberating. 
I think although a lot of the story is original, I think the tone and atmosphere quality in her characters. Yes, it's very true to the characters, but it's yeah. it's new plot because we yeah. we went through so much plot in the first season. I mean, out of the trilogy, we burned through almost three entire books. You know, right? Isn't um, it exciting to move past those three books that kind of gave you your groundwork. Story of what might have happened next. Yes. Yeah. It's it, like fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. It's it's got to be interesting when when you're if you enjoy this content, this world that you get to then add to. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you personally, each of you, like had a touch? Like, oh, I I need to get this in there. Oh, it would be cool if I did this. Was there like your fingerprint that you yes, put on it? A hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent. I don't even want to say it, but yes, a lot of it. Like inside jokes and and other shows that we love and music we love. And what I think has been so fun, too, on a a new show is that we worked on Supernatural for years. You had seasons and seasons of mythology and Bibles, and you had to get, you know, how you kill a ghost right and how you stop a vampire. And and we're kind of just starting to grow our mythology, and it's really fun. It's like... Oh, we've never done that before. So, what does this look like? Right. How do we produce the effect where a ghost disappears? And it's, right. it's right. the beginning of it, and yeah. it's really fun. Twist. Yeah. Yes. Okay, guys, I've got to wrap that. I'm so sorry. You hear that, guys? Witch hell. Witch hell. Hexa or whatever they called it. It. Uh, the, first of all, if you're if you're not watching the show, I highly recommend you watch it. It's uh, it, the first season is. Very fast-paced, full of the genuine like scares and the makeup effects and the special effects and and all that stuff. It's for for a network show. They really put a lot of uh, effort into making it making it look pretty good. And uh, yeah, it just barrels through uh, just a ton of story, introducing a ton of characters. And it was interesting talking to them, uh, uh, Eric and Nicole, about building a world. It's totally it's totally what they're doing, you know, essentially. And um, now they get to add to it. Uh, up next, we have uh, Dylan Bruce and Parisa Fitzhenley, who play Bobo and Fiji on the show, respectively. Fiji is one of them witches, and uh, I'm assuming Fiji's going to have to deal with this witch hell at some point in season two. And guys, see, season two's out already. The first episodes, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, it's out. So you can start watching it right now. Catch up on Hulu. It's available that is what I did. I wholly heart, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, uh, up next, Dylan Bruce and Parisa Fitz Henley. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to our table. <laughs> Am I getting in? She this denied room? me. She <laughs> denied me. No, you get in this. Oh, I'll say. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> so we start the music, and when it stops, we all run to a chair. <laughs> Is yeah. that how it works? That's totally how it works. He's oh. always such a gentleman. And like my father told me I should be a gentleman's lady. And so I was trying to be one. <laughs> I'm also That's a right. dork. That's from my mom's side. And, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> that was one thing my dad taught me. You open the door for the lady, but she reaches over. Oh, yeah, in the car. The car. Yeah. That's from that Chaz Parliamentary movie, right? From Bronx, Bronx Tale. Yeah, Bronx Tale. Yeah, but that's yeah. what we... I was, doing, I was doing yeah. that before that. Yes, yeah, she was. Fair enough. I was a good one... Speaking of uh, Bronx Tale, we're in New York City. Yes. Uh, what is you, uh, your New York Comic Con? Are you con people? Do you enjoy the con experience and coming and seeing the fans? And and, and do you nerd out over anything that that's that's here? We like I love coming. I love the vibe that the that Comic Con has. I mean, it's just such a 
I feel like it's like a sweet and very like spiritual experience personally because there's just so much love and so much joy all in one place and there's so much goodwill. Um, it, so that makes my heart happy. For, it's for the same reason I love being on Twitter and interacting with fandoms there. Um, you just feel that really great love energy. Um, do, do I nerd? I mean, I definitely nerd out about stuff, but usually when we're here, we don't have free time. You don't get to. So, yeah. No. Honestly, I nerd out on nerds the, the, the most. I'm like, look how everyone's so happy. Isn't That's it? so, so funny. Great. Look at the costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool interacting with fans that are passionate about the show because um, everybody here is so lovely. I've never had a bad experience at any con. I've done five San Diego Comic Cons. This is my second New York Comic Con. I've gone done cons by myself, and I've always had a really great experience. Um, just people, people are just always lovely. But I have nerded out over some people. Like you'll cross a Brian Cranston, like in a green yeah. room, and like, oh, what? He, he was here this week. I know with he's a, lovely with too. Show, I met yeah. him, and he like shook my hand, looked in my eyes, like yeah. I I think this is when I was on Rough and Black. I was like, I love your show. It's like, this. yeah. <laughs> I am dead now. Stop it. Uh, so, yeah, there's cool experiences like that, too. Um, fan interaction, is that something you guys really love interacting oh, with? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. I think that's number one. I mean, we're here for them. Right. Um, we're also here to promote the show, but, you know, this is a big deal for a lot of these people. Like, they come out here. This is like their vacation for the yeah. year you know it's not cheap it's their Disney this. World it is yeah. and they have a great time doing it and the costumes are amazing and they're just always so lovely and appreciative of you being here as well so it's yeah it's a really I, we try to make as much time as we can to try to go yeah. interact with them even though we don't have a lot but if someone wants a picture of course yeah I'll give them a hug and it's, it's just really sweet it's super fun I mean we, we're fans of the show I love the show so I want to oh, wow. talk with people who love the show yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like I want like I want to like imagine what might happen I mm. sometimes think I should ha- have a um, a what do you call it um, a what a crystal ball no I, I want to do um, fan fiction stuff like uh, but like yeah. I, I, I thought about doing it under another name I'm probably you'd be like Brian Cranston when he did uh, San Diego Comic Con he wore a Brian Cranston Max and the yellow like meth lab suit he dressed as Amazing. Walter White you can wear a Priest of Fitz Henley mask <laughs> and dress and like cosplay PG. myself yeah no, 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 I, what I want to do is like write alternate storylines for oh, everybody yeah. like that's you just need a pen I know yeah. I should yeah. do it well, do it but yeah so like interacting with people who love the show is that's what gets me jazzed yeah we should yeah. probably talk about the show a little bit sure yeah, yeah. The, the show has many mystical creatures but you're a witch so you're kind of human and you're the token human the, show. the dude the, token <laughs> human. How, how the it dude to, to be out of the loop sort of speaking wait you mean like being like being an outsider type of thing yeah. to be honest i actually feel very empowered and really grateful I feel like I'm seeing so many witches in real life now, like so many women who are connecting to their intuition, their ability to be healers. They're like, I'm just, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm discovering for myself this connection to a much broader, um, beautiful aspect of femininity. And, and it's just been a real joy for me as an individual and, um, and as a, um, um, a member of this ensemble to to just really experience that it feels wonderful. I feel at home. 
That was lovely. I'm not going to follow that up. <laughs> do, do you just be like, okay, can you turn me into a vampire? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> no, I kind of like being a human. Yeah, I don't really have to tag along with the Scooby gang that much when they're going and uh, fighting other supernaturals. I'm just kind of like, I'll let you guys handle this one. I'm going to go back to the pawn shop and check out what's going on over there. No, but I like it because it makes him, he has to figure things out a different way mm -hmm. by not having power. So, uh, yeah, Bobo has to be more intuitive and, like, uh, just work through problems uh, as a human would in this crazy supernatural world, which I, I think is fun. It's obviously a handicap for sure, uh, but it's also fun at the same time to kind of navigate that. You're kind of like the audience's perspective uh, yeah, as, the, sure. as the guy adjusting. You know? right, yeah, but the now, audience first season, is super yeah. ripped yeah. and <laughs> can run... Yeah. Yeah, like we all look like that. We're all good. Maybe like, yeah. They're like, yeah. we got to give him something. And then season one, they're like, you're going to fight like Jason Bourne. And I was like, awesome. So I got some really cool fight scene. And season two, like, you're going to be a lover. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Enough. <laughs> without teasing, yeah. without spoiling anything, I guess, is there anything in, in season two that you were psyched about that you that really kind of pumped you up? Uh, yeah, I'm really psyched about the relationship between fo uh What's our Foji? Foji. Foji. I've also heard BG. BG? Oh, that's our ship. None of name. us yeah, yeah. Um, I'm None excited. Of I'm excited <laughs> at the arc of the relationship for this season. It's really it's scary, fun, lovely, and sweet all wrapped into one. So I'm really excited for people to see that. Yeah, yeah the producers described it as a honeymoon phase and then they destroy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but that's TV, know, right? It's great, yeah. yeah. You can't stay in the honeymoon phase for too long. Yeah. That's unrealistic. It doesn't last yeah. in real life that long, anyway. But honeymoon phases come back again. Yeah, later. yeah, they do. That does yes. happen in real life. Life if yes. you stick it out. Yes. So. Yeah. If you have a good partner. Yes, if you have sure. a good partner. We're getting the high sign. Can, can we get a picture? Yeah, of course. How sweet were they? They were so nice. Uh, Dylan Bruce, of course, from Orphan Black fame, and he was. That show, man, if you don't. if Orphan Black is one of those shows that you I would recommend you binge. You start watching it now because there's plenty of it. It's great. And. Uh, um, Tatiana Maslany, I think is the yeah. That's the the, the main character. She plays like a million different characters. She finally won an Emmy for it. It's a great show. Uh, this show is also very very good. Uh, Parisa Fitzhenley and Dylan Bruce's characters are in a relationship in season one, or they end up in a relationship. Apparently, bad things are going to happen to them. Uh, they are there's a there's a sense of impending doom on that relationship, but. Either way, it sounds great. Um, next up is uh, Joe, Jason Lewis, who plays Joe Strong on the show. He's a he's a he's a friggin' angel. He's a full on angel. And there's in season one, there's fallen angel fights. He's he has a a, a, a demon as his partner, the, a half demon or whatever. It's it's crazy fun. There's so much going on in this show. It, it I. I'm really excited for season two and to see everything kind of just go go terribly wrong for everybody. Uh, I, I can't I can't recommend the show enough. It's pretty great. And uh, Jason Lewis was very cool. Sat down with us uh, just one solo and uh, took all our questions. It was, it was, again, everyone super down. Hello, kids. Hey. Hi. I'm around. Say hello. Hi, Luciano from Brazil. Luciano. Yeah. Kayla. Kayla, very nice to meet you. Mike from Mike. Jamaica. Queens. Jason, nice to meet you from Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> You didn't have to feel threatened by his Brazil. We all know it's cool. Uh, no, we were talking. We were. Uh, I'm, I was learning Portuguese at one point. So now we. What I did get, you learn? Uh, eu entendo um pouco de português. Uh, ah, eu entendo um pouco de português. Easy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Which so, hopefully I didn't just say that kill all the children. Or no, no, you're fine. You're good. Uh, no, speak a little bit of Portuguese. Good. Did you get to learn anything from shooting that real? I picked up a little. I mean, 
I speak a fairly decent French and Italian, so certainly when I was there, I, yeah. When you're Portuguese. Oh. <laughs> uh, how's your con experience going so far? Did you just get here? Is this yeah, your we vibe? Just, yeah, we, I love cons. Man, I'm a, a geek from old, so I was going to cons long before I was being asked to come to them. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you're excited to see on the floor? I hope we get a chance. It's the unfortunate reality of being asked to this like I went to San Diego Con and I mean I used to always go I've got a bunch of friends in the, the comic book world who are artists and stuff and I didn't get to see anybody or anything oh, I got 20 minutes on the floor and grabbed one thing from Artist Alley so go full cosplay and then you can no I would it's we just literally because we oh, were so shooting busy. so we Fair flew enough. in yeah, for yeah, yeah. it and yeah. then we flew right back out yeah. yeah cool but yeah no I like do a Brian Cranston and just go like in full like Brian <laughs> yeah you saw the, 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 yeah. the lifelike mask yeah 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 Hell yeah. yeah. What can you tell us about season two? Because season one was the relation between your character and Chewie was so awesome for me. Nice. And I know season two there's a new character that has uh, a past with, with you. Yeah, uh, season two finds Joe coming out of season one where he's spent his a millennia, you know, <laughs> hiding from this angel who wants to destroy him. And trying to protect Chewie and himself from that. And now that he is no longer hiding, he has to come to terms with, well, who is he? What's his purpose in the world again? He's kind of been denying himself for so long, and that was just a plateau of, okay, well, that's the way it is. But now that that threat's gone, he's kind of got an identity crisis going on. So uh, insert attractive demon hunter and... Go from there. <laughs> Who doesn't want an attractive demon hunter? Right. Yeah. Come on. That's solid. That's what the world needs now. <laughs> Do you have a um, something? Uh, I, I, it's hard to say because you guys aren't allowed to reveal much. But is there is there something in season two that you felt was was like something you're excited to get to show us? Uh, yeah. There, I mean, actually, can... all of season two, it's just it just ramps up the visceral engagement uh the stories are just a little bit more dark and dire mm. but also i think we get a little deeper with the characters and their own tribulations and the things that they are trying to struggle through do you um, personally believe in the metaphysical angels and demons and ghosts and do i personally believe that there's many more dimensions than we've yet discovered and all sorts of other energies and organization of that absolutely yeah yeah and i mean who wants to live in a world where magic doesn't exist 100 yeah you know? so yeah i'm a big fan of that um yeah there's definitely I, it, there's things i can't give away but yeah i'm pretty excited for people to see joe's run this season he, yeah. he goes through some stuff he does some stuff <laughs> there's a gray area that's kind of addressed my podcast I'm, I'm, I'm with a podcast that focuses a lot on heroics yes and like what, what you know who's who i talked to I'm, i'm a comedian cosplaying as a reporter right now okay. <laughs> so uh but my you know my comedian friends all have like you know what makes them heroic what what make what he, they, the heroes they love and what makes their heroes uh heroic that when there's a moral gray area how do you personally feel your character tries to maintain that or is there something that it turn that that he turns to to kind of Does he maintain the heroicism or does he kind of... Well, no, I think that's actually a really good distinction about what genre shows like this do and add uh, heroes. You know, I think one of the first panels we did for this, I brought up that, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and in that the monster is not Frankenstein's monster, the monster is humanity. 
And so it's talking about what makes us right, what right. makes us whole, what makes us good. And when you have supernatural creatures like we are, I think it allows us to explore that it's not really about having the ability to fly. <laughs> right. It's about the ability to take that next step forward, even in the face of our adversities and our own misunderstandings and downfalls. You know, that's true courage. True courage is not not knowing fear. It's feeling fear and still moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's also, with a long lifespan, you have so much time to, what personal time would you have liked to experience Personally? Yeah, like throughout all Two those years. Two different periods. I mean, I would have liked to have been a man of means in the Renaissance because certainly quality of life wasn't great if you didn't Fair. have means. 100%. I would have loved to have seen uh, the aboriginal population in the Americas before we ever settled it. Like, And not to say that there wasn't good and evil in that world, but... The idealism and the integration with how they lived in the world and yeah. participated in it, that would have been something incredible to see. Like when you think of where we are right now, yeah. how geographically, geologically, how different this entire island would have been. Was it an island? And if in- we had kept some of those sensibilities of not being so materialistic and possession-based yeah. and, and community-based was more important. That's a stuff. great answer. I've never heard that answer yeah. <laughs> of, the, of, of like indigenous America. Oh, really? I, that's a great answer. I, really I think like I'd that. love to see that. Uh, Do we get flash... And then go back in time with, you know, a whole arsenal of Uzis and meet the uh, people and take over the world. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then that's where the evil comes <laughs> in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like you, a man in a high castle moment, but in Old West. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah, so take so write this down. We're creating some real genius here. What's up? Yeah. Uh, pitch it to Charlene. Uh, I think she actually wrote something like that. <laughs> That's great. So the, the show is very sexy, and you're not a newbie to, to sexy shows. Is there, like, a, a limit that you would go to and exploiting the, the, the sexuality yeah. um, I tend to try not to step too far away from practical reasons why you know the idea of gratuitous violence or sex just for that granted we want some visceral entertainment but have it nest inside the story please so yeah I try and I try and let story limit that we're getting the yeah, we're getting the light. We're getting the look. We're yeah. getting the light. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm telling you, these actors are pure charm. All of them were super uh, down to earth, and uh, they seemed to know the world that they were getting into in terms of the con and in terms of uh, being on a genre show like Midnight Texas with supernatural beings and angels and demons and ghosts and all this kind of stuff. And and they. Could not have been uh, more happy to be there. It was it was really kind of refreshing, especially after a long weekend at Comic Con, and they were they were all about it. And uh, this next gentleman, Francois Arnaud, he plays Manfred on the show. He's the psychic medium who gets possessed by m- multiple ghosts, multiple sp- He's he's having a bad run for it. He's I guess he's the main character, but it's pretty it's an ensemble cast. But he definitely drives the ghost spookiness of the show and uh, it, it, he he was also a delight to sit down and talk to right. hey guys hi how are you hello I'm very well <laughs> how are you we're pointing recording devices at you Great. no yeah, pressure yeah, no, I, just, I just felt uh, unsure of 
Where was the witch chair to yeah. take? We can have them on. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. I'll lie down. Lay down, yeah. Take a break. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, okay. what can you tell us yeah. about season two, Manfred? What, 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 what's his story? Um, well, so <laughs> at, the, at the very start of it, Manfred is still, like, haunted by... W- what he went through in the finale last season the you know being possessed by six demon spirits and it's kind of something that we discussed with the new writers on the show I gave them a call they they gave me a call and they were like so what would you is there anything that you'd like us to do like that very early on right and I said I think it would be it would be great to explore uh how like the physical and mental cost like toll that it's taken on Manfred, right? And at the start of the season, he's uh, he's experiencing these these nightmares where he hurts the, his friends. And then he may... The, the, those may or may not turn out to be real. <laughs> <laughs> and he may just, like, get up at night and, and dig graves to put his friends in. Uh, so, you know, because that's just what you do. <laughs> right. uh, and, you know, it takes a toll on his relationship with Creek, obviously, uh, because uh, she's been through a lot, you know, having her brother be um, a psychopath and her father just being an apologist for a psychopath. It's a lot. Uh, it's, it's a lot. A, it's you a know, fair she amount. feels like she's been through enough. And, and so having, uh, um, you know, sleeping with the enemy sort of turns out to be not as lovely as it sounds or just as yeah. anyway so uh, so yeah so they're going through that at the top of the season and um, and there's obviously new threats that come to town with the with the uh, new owners of the hotel that everyone is suspicious of um, and obviously like new new characters new like just the hotel is is um, sort of changes midnight from it being like a one-stop town to like a buzzing hive of hipsters looking for searching for meaning <laughs> and yeah in the desert early austin with demons and angels yeah, exactly. and stuff yeah, exactly um we're here at new york comic-con and uh there's there's uh kind of a are you a con guy is there stuff that you nerd out over that you would like to see here at the con Listen, we, I mean, I could be. Uh, I, I was a little bit um, uh, in the in the summer when we went to San Diego. Now we wrapped like f- four days ago uh, in Albuquerque <laughs> to, from night shoots. I haven't even <laughs> had time to like look up what was here. So no, I'm fine. <laughs> Your brain hasn't my brain yeah. is like, Ugh, I'm still. I feel like we were shooting Asia. Like I feel like jet lag still, and because so, we were doing night shoots. Right. Um, in in the desert at high altitude, so I'm just like I'm like what? Yeah. Crazy. Does that does that isolation on a shoot impact like the the tone of your performance at all? Could, does do you have to fight letting that in, or um, do you use no. it in terms I, of the I darkness? I definitely we definitely use it. I think yeah. it's a good thing for the show. I, it feels like uh, I I kind of I always enjoy shooting on location. It makes it like um, easier to. To forget about you know the rest of your life and I yeah. mean it also and also make it hard, but um, but it's I, I feel like there's a spirituality, a, a, um, an atmosphere in, in New Mexico that we're using, even though it's supposed to be Texas. Sure, uh, sure. I think that we're very much using uh, the sort of New Mexican vibe uh, in in the show and. Um, and also, just physically, it's so stunning. Just the the skies and the light, the sunsets. It's just 
really gorgeous. And yeah. it's like heightened uh, production value right away. <laughs> You've done some very hard, hit, hard hitting films. What is it about Midnight Texas that you read the script and you just had to um, do? I just wanted to have fun. <laughs> um, it, it was, it's. What I like most about the show is, is, is to We're be able to explore so many different tones and like genres in the same piece, right? So to go from um, like heavy emotional drama to like a more comedic scene in the same, I, th I think it's just really, um, uh, there's a lot to learn there. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we got the light, so they're, the light. They're, okay, yeah, they're, they're pulling you away okay. from us. But thank you so much. Nice uh, great to meet you. you. Enjoy uh, your new vacation. Yes. And uh, that's all from the cast that we got to talk to. Thank you to uh, uh, Francois Arnaud. And thank you to uh, everyone who was I was able to sit down and talk to. The creators of the show were very cool. And uh, I'm interested to see what direction the show takes now. Season two is currently airing on NBC at 9 p.m. on Fridays. And uh, you can watch it on Hulu. Uh, you can catch up and watch all that stuff. I I gotta say, if I haven't done a good job of selling you on the show so far, what are you doing still listening to this? I think, I think you're in denial about how cool you think the show is. And I think you want to see an angel demon fight. I think you, or no, wait, angel demon love. There's a fallen angel versus fallen angel fight. There's a vampire who, there's, Guys, there's a lot, uh, and it's it, there's a rift from hell opening, so the, it, there's so much going on, and it all takes place in this little Texas town. Oh, I forgot to even, there's a whole um, s s regular old serial killer situation to open the season. It's it's crazy. The show is bonkers. And uh, thanks again to everybody who sat and talked with me for, uh, for New York Comic Con. Guys, that's it. It's the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And please, if you're looking down at your phone right now and it is an Apple device, go on Apple a podcast and, and write us a review. Send us some stars our way. You know what I mean? Give us a, give us a five of those would be nice. Five would be cool. And um, if you think of something that we can talk about on the show and you think of a, if you have a way to improve Zeros on Heroes, I'm all ears. I love hearing uh, suggestions and I'd be happy to incorporate them for this show. Plus... Uh, Unsung Heroes, live at the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, Queens, every Thursday at 8 p.m., and then released the next day, Fridays, as a podcast. So you get all of that on this one podcast feed. Let me know if you like the shows and uh, how we can improve the live shows as well. And if you've got a good suggestion, come on down to New York City and come on down to Long Island City into the Creek in the Cave and be on it. You're more than welcome to come on. Um, follow us at zeros on heroes at zeros on heroes.com zeros on heroes on all social media. And you can follow me at Mike Mercadal on everything. And, uh, thank you all for listening. Remember to go out and be heroic.